Chapter ninety three of Thomas Wingfold, Curate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Thomas Wingfold, Curate by George MacDonald. Ninety three. An Honest Spy. No one answered Helen's knock. She repeated it, and still no answer came. Her heart might have failed her, but that she heard voices. What if they were talking about Leopold? At length, after knocking four or five times, she heard the step as of a child coming down a stair, but it passed the door. Clearly no one had heard her. She knocked yet again, and immediately it was opened by Rachel. The pleasured surprise that shone up in her face when she saw who it was that stood without was lovely to see, and Helen, on whose miserable isolation it came like a sunrise of humanity, took no counsel with pride, but in simple gratitude for the voiceless yet eloquent welcome, bent down and kissed her. The little arms were flung about her neck, and the kiss returned with such a gentle warmth and restrained sweetness as would have satisfied the most fastidious in the matter of salute. To which class, however, Helen did not belong, for she seldom kissed any one. Then Rachel took her by the hand, and led her into the kitchen, placed a chair for her near the fire, and said, I am so sorry there is no fire in the parlour. The gentlemen are in my uncle's room. Oh, Miss Lingard, I do wish you could have heard how they have been talking. Have they been saying anything about my brother? asked Helen. It's all about him, she replied. May I ask who the gentlemen are? said Helen, doubtfully. Mr. Wingfold and Mr. Drew, they are often here. Is it? Do you mean Mr. Drew the draper? Yes, he is one of Mr. Wingfold's best pupils. He brought him to my uncle, and he has come often ever since. I never heard that Mr. Wingfold took pupils. I'm afraid I do not quite understand you. I would have said his disciples, returned Rachel, smiling. But that has grown to feel such a sacred word as if it belonged only to the master and I didn't like to use it It would say best what I mean though for there are people in Glaston that are actually mending their ways because of mr Wingfold's teaching and mr. Drew was the first of them It is long since such a thing was heard of in the Abbey it never was in my time Helen sighed she wished it had remained possible for her also to become one of mr. Wingfold's pupils but how could she now when she had learned that what he had to teach was at best but a lovely phantasm sprung from the seething together of the conscience and the imagination george could give an account of the whole matter religion invariably excited the imagination and weakened the conscience witness the innumerable tales concerning jesus invented in the first of the christian centuries and about this and that saint in those that followed Helen's experience in Leopold's case had certainly been different, but the other fact remained. Alas, she could not be a pupil of Mr. Wingfold. She could no longer deceive herself with such comfort. And yet, come unto me, and I will give you rest. I do wish I could hear them, she said. And why not, returned Rachel. There is not one of them would not be glad to see you. I know that. I am afraid I should hinder their talk. Would they speak just as freely as if I were not there? Not that I know why they shouldn't, she added, only the presence of any stranger. You are no stranger to Mr. Wingfold or my uncle, said Rachel. 
and I dare say you know Mr. Drew. To tell you the truth, Miss Polworth, I have not behaved as I should either to your uncle or Mr. Wingfold. I know it now that my brother is gone. They were so good to him. I feel now as if I had been possessed with an evil spirit. I could not bear them to be more to him than I was. Oh, how I should like to hear what they are saying. I feel as if I should get a glimpse of Leopold, almost if I might. But I couldn't face them altogether. I could not go into the room. Rachel was silent for a moment, thinking. Then she said, I'll tell you what, then. There's no occasion. Between my uncle's room and mine, there's a little closet, where you shall sit and hear every word. Nothing will divide you from them but a few thin old boards. That would hardly be honourable, though, would it? I will answer for it. I shall tell my uncle afterwards. There may be cases where the motive makes the right or the wrong. It's not as if you were listening to find out secrets. I shall be in the room, and that will be a connecting link, you know. They never turn me out. Come now, we don't know what we may be losing. The desire to hear Leopold's best friends talk about him was strong in Helen, but her heart misgave her. Was it not unbecoming? She would be in terror of discovery all the time. In the middle of the stair, she drew Rachel back and whispered, I dare not do it. Come on, said Rachel. Hear what I shall say to them first. After that, you shall do as you please. Evidently, so quick was her response, her thoughts had been going in the same direction as Helen's. Thank you for trusting me, she added, as Helen again followed her. Arrived at the top, the one stood trembling while the other went into the room. Uncle, said Rachel, I have a friend in the house who is very anxious to hear you and your friends speak your minds to each other, but for reasons does not wish to appear. Will you allow my friend to listen without being seen? Is it your wish, Rachel, or are you only conveying the request of another? asked her uncle. It is my wish, answered Rachel. I really desire it, if you do not mind. She looked from one to another as she spoke. The curate and the draper indicated a full acquiescence. Do you know quite what you are about, Rachel? asked Polworth. Perfectly, uncle, she answered. There is no reason why you should not talk as freely as if you were talking only to me. I will put my friend in the closet, and you need never think that anyone is in the house but ourselves. Then I have no more to say, returned her uncle with a smile. Your friend, whoever he or she may be, is heartily welcome. Rachel rejoined Helen, who had already drawn nearer to the door of the closet, and now seated herself right willingly in its shelter, amidst an atmosphere odorous of apples and herbs. Already the talk was going on just as before. At first each of the talkers did now and then remember there was a listener unseen, but found, when the conversation came to a close, that he had for a long time forgotten it. End of chapter 93